BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, friends, and welcome to the Papaya Podcast. I'm your hostess, Tran Hermostis, Sarah Nicole, and each week I'm going to be dishing out some sweetness mixed in with some seeds of wisdom or something like that. So get ready to get inspired, get candid, get real, because we are all in this digital space together. I was just on your podcast, Almost Adulting. Yes. So you guys definitely check out that episode. It's really good. Very powerful. We, you're doing a series on love and we kind of landed on the self-love category, but there was, I think what I loved about your interviewing style is it's not like interviewing. It's like truly banter. We had conversation and I had like huge aha moments, which I thought was really cool. But I followed you for, I mean, a long ass time, but not even knowing I was following you, you are the person behind Daddy Issues. Correct. So let's start there because I think that that's going to sort of open the door into everything else. Daddy issues. Let's kind of talk about the name and talk about your absolute hilarious humor that has come out of maybe something not so funny. Wow, that was a weird laugh. <laughs> okay, so daddy issues itself. Yeah. Well, we we talked about it previously mm-hmm. when you were here and I did a murder you get. Yeah. And we talked about how in order not to get bullied or just to get by in life, you make fun of yourself or you make fun of your worst moments. Mm-hmm. So I think it was, I was an accountant, long story short, I was an accountant mm-hmm. and I was miserable with my job. People often now reach out to me when they hear that thinking, oh yeah, I hate my job as well as an accountant. No, I loved being an accountant. I wanted to be a partner. The women on my team were making my life a living health and those i'm not talking about just not giving me enough hours because we mm-hmm. log in hours i'm talking about real class high school bullying where hr was involved to the point that no one could even fire me with how serious hr was involved like real serious type of bullying 
and I accepted it because at that point I really did not know my identity. I completely lost who I was. I, my whole life I always cared to be liked mm. and I started to get used to always figuring out ways for people to like me in order to avoid being bullied and it was the first time that no matter what tricks I tried to do, who I tried to become, a chameleon, in order for people to like me, these women just didn't like me mm. because of the way I looked and because of my ambitions. Because mm. unfortunately, my ambitions meant I didn't pay attention to them. It was just really focused on my work and it's hierarchy in a lot of these big firms. Anyway, I didn't have social media at the time. I used to have Facebook and then when my boyfriend, when my boyfriend dumped me to start dating his best friend, they started, po they started posting pictures of themselves every single day. So I maybe want to delete social media to not see that. And then I never want social media again. When I created daddy issues, it was because people kept sending me memes from the fat Jewish. And I was looking at that and I won class, class clown in high school, American high school. And I just kept thinking, wow, it must be so nice where people don't focus on your looks because growing up I was born with a birth defect and I was constantly bullied for being ugly or chubby or this or that then I grew into my looks even though I still didn't love myself on the outside I guess to the women at least in my job they felt differently mm -hmm. and I was being bullied that I have no talent or ambition it's all about my looks so I'm like you're damn if you do damn if you don't really? first I'm bullied for being ugly and I'm bullied for being pretty and I was just so sick of it because I didn't care ever to focus on my looks mm -hmm. I was so sick of anyone focusing. I thought, how cool is that? People are just laughing at a random meme the fat Jewish posted. People are just yeah. like, you, it's this personality. It must be so nice mm -hmm. to not focus on your looks. Mm -hmm. And that's where daddy issues came from. I grew up with daddy issues. My father and I were very estranged at the time. Uh, even though my parents were together, the way my, the, my father's job kept him away most of the year. So he would be, he would sail for three months at a time and then he'd be back home for a month so we would see him for one month every three months so then i only saw him yeah. i would say between like four months of the year until we moved to the u.s i moved to the u.s at 14 that was the first time i ever lived together with him and then i wow. just we could not get along at all mm -hmm. and my father constantly just told me my father's way of showing love was tough love Mm. As a child, I just didn't, I wasn't aware of it. I don't want to go into the history of childhood trauma for your own yeah. parents, but we tend to continue it on, mm -hmm. meaning, or it could be the opposite. So my father's dad was an alcoholic and a cheater, and he spent all of his money on alcohol and women, and then he got beat up to death for being a Jew in communist Russia. My dad was 18, and my dad didn't have a father after that, and they were dirt poor. So my dad swore to take care of his mother and to take care of his future children and to stay away from alcohol. So he raised us where no one drank in the house. That's why I don't like alcohol. Mm -hmm. That's why I have a weird relationship with it because of my mm -hmm. grandfather. And his way of to show love was to provide a roof over our head. That's all he knew. And then he would tell me I'm stupid, hoping that would help me try harder, made the opposite. We could not get along, but he always told me, yeah, you're very stupid, but at least you're beautiful. So at least you have that. Mm. And that made me continuously not care about my looks because of that. It was yeah. kind of wanting to prove differently. Yeah. So fast forward to accounting. As an accountant, I would cry every morning in my car before going into work. And then I would just toughen it up and just try to get through it. But it was one of the lowest points in my life where I genuinely, these women really 
it's hard to admit, but they broke me that moment. And daddy issues was my escape from reality. And it kind of, I think it brought me back because we were talking on my podcast, how as a child, I was such a loner. So I would go into this make-believe world yeah. and that, that, um, that became my reality. And I think that helped me protect myself. Yeah. You know, this fairy tale of what I made up. And I think it, it in a weird way as an adult, it was the same thing. I created daddy issues. The word daddy issues, I said, I have daddy issues. I think everyone in LA has some type of daddy issues or sugar daddy. Works the same way. I did not think twice about it because I never thought it meant anything. Yeah. It was anonymous. Yeah. And then I just started posting memes and I wrote about this girl. So I created this fairy tale and this girl, she was the coolest girl I could ever imagine. I wrote about her. Her dad was British. Her mom was American. They got a divorce when she was three because the dad, her dad had a problem with falling into other women's vaginas. So just they fell, just fell into them. Yeah. <laughs> so they moved to New York. Yeah. She was just getting out of rehab when she started the meme account, Daddy Issues. She was the coolest girl in the world. Everyone, she, she was seen. Everyone wanted to be her. She was super popular, which I couldn't relate. She was rich, which again, I grew up poor. I can't relate. She did drugs. She was invited to all the cool parties. All the guys wanted her. And at this point, I feel so invisible mm-hmm. and just like a nobody. And I'm so depressed and I have no friends because it's kind of, it's the self-fulfilling prophecy where you don't love yourself. So then you make yourself so unlovable. Mm-hmm. And that's what I was going through. So. It was my reality and every night I would go home and I would just play pretend of this girl that I wrote about her. Cause I actually have a Jewish last name, my real old last name. And when I wrote about her, my full name was Violetta. I gave her my first name, which is Violet. Mm-hmm. And then her last name was Benson. And I just Googled top, top 10 most popular British last names, Benson being one of them. So her name was Violet Benson and that was my alter ego. And that's oh. who she was. I know. So <laughs> I'm so shocked right now. So then I start creating these memes. And because my brain is very mathematical, mathematical and logical, I, yeah. I mean, I, you don't have to be good at math to be an accountant, but yeah. I was a, a math tutor yeah. Yeah. for like 12 years before I became an accountant and while I was an accountant, because my dad didn't allow me to have a job because he thought I was too stupid to pass school. I know it sounds really bad. We have a good relationship now and my dad thinks I'm the most amazing person in the world. Yeah. It just took us years to get there. But daddy should change our relationship actually for mm-hmm. the better. But anyway, the creation of, I'm so sorry for going in, in such a lane. Please go in a lane. That is, <laughs> it's such an incredible, I thought it was just going to be such a simple answer. I'm so glad that it's so much more. Yeah, you're so lucky you got me when I'm hungover, when I'm so <laughs> emotional, so transparent. Yeah, and on my first day of my period. Your period, your emotional <laughs> hangover today. Yeah. yeah, but so how did it, so would, was this still in a false reality that Daddy Issues is existing? Or are you actually still posting and starting on social media doing these memes while you're creating the story of Violet Benson? No, I'm doing, yeah, I'm You're doing actually both. posting it. Because she was my escape. So mm-hmm. then I would be doing my accounting stuff. And then it was just this weird obsession with trying to grow this account because it was just something to do because I, I genuinely stopped having friends. Mm-hmm. I was too depressed to want to hang out with anyone. My life was my job and 
a job that I, at this point I knew I will never grow in. My, my dream of being a partner was basically gone by these women. Like yeah. I knew it wasn't happening. Yeah. So it was just a fun escape for me. But I became so obsessed with it that I started doing, I kind of in a way broke the back end algorithm of Instagram just mathematically because I see everything mathematically. Mm -hmm. So I just started studying it and I started studying people. So it was more, I wasn't doing things for myself. A lot of times when people try to become famous, it's because they want to be famous just being famous. Yeah. It had nothing to do with me. I focused on everyone else. So it's more, I put, I don't know who I am. So I'm posting different memes. Okay, this one's getting the most engagement. I'm reading through the comments. Okay, the comments are, oh, I love her captions. Oh, you like my captions? Okay, because I'm, I'm known as Vanity Fair named me Meme Queen. Why? Because my captions are really good. You're very good. I didn't know that yet. The world, the followers of Daddy Issues, they created me. And created my identity. They created me. They, I didn't even realize that yet. But it was more, oh, they like captioning. Okay, make them longer. Okay, they want them longer and longer. Okay, they like these type of memes. Suddenly it's becoming a female type of meme account. Not even on purpose. I'm just following what other people are telling me to do because I don't know who I am. Yeah. I've never felt like I could fit in. This was, A, it's the third country I'm living in. B, I grew up getting constantly bullied and my looks are constantly changing and I grew up with no type of... Um, my dad and I didn't hug or say I love you until I was 24. So I have no idea what love is, but I'm liking where this is going. And Violet Benson is so fucking cool. And it's like, of course people like her. Yeah. Of course people relate to her. She's exactly what I want to be. Of course they get her. They'll never get me, yeah. but they get her. She's who I want to be without realizing I am her. Yeah. You know? Yeah, you always have been. And then every day I gave myself work, homework. So every night before I go to sleep, I would go and fuck Jerry and I'm the fat Jewish and I'll go through a hundred of people, a hundred of their new followers. And I would like two to three pictures in order to gain those new followers. Cause I said, that's obviously how I can, I have a meme account, yeah, their yeah. meme account. Yeah. I'm going to take their followers. Duh. Then I'm like, okay, it's time for me to have a famous person follow me. How do I do that? They're not going to pay attention. Mm. Go through their circle of friends, find the one person that has the least amount of followers, comment on their stuff, kooky things. And then they're going to eventually tag someone, one of their famous best friends. And that, so the first famous person to follow me was Joe Jonas. Oh, wow. It took months though. But the whole point was I'm anonymous. So I realized that I need to get people to talk about me. How can I do that? I realized it was a small realization that I'm not the only loser. Everyone else is also a loser. Everyone else just wants to fit in. Mm. Everyone else just wants to be seen. No one else knows what they're doing. Everybody's faking it. Everyone's faking it. Coming to that realization made me realize, so if everyone's a follower, that means I can try to be a leader. I can't try to be a leader, but Violet Benson, she's a leader. Mm. My alter ego, she's a cool girl. So me being this girl, what would she do? I know what she would do. So I started follow, it was a weird strategy I didn't realize I came up with, but I would follow like a group of cool kids in LA. Yeah. And they will talk among themselves. Are you daddy issues? Are you daddy issues? <gasps> and they will pretend you to be daddy like issues. Gossip girl. Nobody knew who you were. Literally, I was gossip girl because <gasps> I didn't fit in. Even growing up, I was friends with all these kids from Beverly Hills. This is the best story. <laughs> it, that's what I did in high school to not get bullied without realizing, but I, I, I'm literally, um, 
I call him Joe now. I forgot his name from Gossip Girl. What was? Oh yeah, um, Dan. Dan. I'm Dan Humphrey. I never feel like I fit in because I'm poor. Not compared to these, but I grew up poor, so I could never fit in. With these felt like an rich outsider. Kids. I was always yeah. an outsider, and Daddy issues helped me be an outsider by anonymous. So it was the same thing. Joe Jonas pretended to be Daddy issues with this group of friends. Oh my gosh! So that was their inside joke. The oh, Joe is secretly Daddy gosh. issues because Joe loves the memes so much. Yeah. And I remember when he saw that, when I saw him follow me. I texted my best friend Kylie at the time, and I'm like, "Oh my god, bitch! I'm fucking famous. It's done. I'm quitting tomorrow." It's <laughs> a joke, yeah. You know, because I, I didn't think it meant anything. Yeah. But then it, you know, the account continued to grow. I think I had two hundred, three hundred thousand followers. Mm-hmm. By the Which end at of that time, year. would be a lot. Like in a measurement of where social media was at that time, that was a huge number. Yes, it was, but it didn't mean anything. There's no, there's no income from that. One yeah, time, somebody. No Offered to pay me a hundred dollars to post something, and I'm like, "Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? I could get paid and get a free product <laughs> for a hundred dollars? What? <laughs> That's mad." I know. I was so excited, and then the year of the uh, the it was the end of the year. I had a really bad New Year's. I came home, cried about it, and I was just like, "Fuck." My life is never going to get better. Like, I, I guess this is it. That's what my dad told me. That's American dream. It's a nine to five. This is what it's like to be a grown up. And I don't know what happened, but I'm randomly going on Instagram. No, somebody texts me and they say, did you see that article about you? And I was like, because only like three or four of my friends yeah, yeah, know about this. Yeah. And I go, what? And then I'm, and I'm like, wait, I go on my Instagram and I'm seeing the growth of followers. 20 to 30,000 followers that day. Oh my gosh. And I'm like, how? What the hell? And I just Googled daddy issues and MTV wrote an article about me randomly. And it was back then before there was PR companies that just generate your fame. Mm -hmm. It was all organic back then. Mm -hmm. So MTV wrote about me and they said, this is the it account, the it girl, Daddy issues. Exactly what I envisioned for this girl. Oh it was God. the It Girl Daddy Issues, the most relatable meme account for women from all around the world. This is the account that you should watch out for, blah, blah, blah. And I kid you not, I was just in tears. I was just like, someone sees me. Like, this is insane. I feel seen. And, and, I, and I was like, okay, okay, okay. All right. I need to figure out how to make this into something. Because yeah. this can be something. Yeah. And... That same month, I figured out how, how to get a job in social media. Because basically, this is what happened. Bumble just launched. Mm-hmm. They came to me and they said, we want to do one post with you, blah, blah. And I'm thinking of quitting my job. So I said, love that. Here's a thought. What if you hired me for a whole year? And I bring out your... And I... and I and Because basically, if you want to negotiate, because I would read a lot of business negotiation books. I had a lot of time because I had no friends and I'm a big loner. (laughs) You're so adorable. I love you. So I read, if you want to negotiate, instead of asking for what you want, assuming people want to do favors for you, that doesn't work. Figure out what the other person wants. What can you offer that person that they need? And I Googled enough. I did enough research on Bumble. Who is the founder of Bumble? Ah, the ex-girlfriend of the owner of Tinder. That's interesting. Oh, is she spiteful? Dang. Does she hate him? Yes. So I said, 
I can give you what you want. We can shit on Tinder in a way that what the fuck is Tinder? Bumble is a new it thing for women. This is where it's out to be. They're the old, they're the past, we're the future. And I offered her what she wanted to hear. And they said, okay, you're hired, great. They offered me very little money, but it got to the point, the way I worked with Bumble, that people literally thought I worked at Bumble. They would DM me and they'd be like, my app's not working, what do I do? Oh my, oh my gosh. gosh. But once I secured that, okay, now I can make monthly income, mm -hmm. enough to pay my rent, mm -hmm. I can quit my job. And the month I decided to quit my job, it was two months between the article and that, I quit my job and that same week I incorporated myself because I'm an accountant. Yeah. And I never looked back. But before I left, my the, one of the partners that I looked up to, he said, Yoletta, if you leave now, I'll be honest with you. You're making a mistake. You're making a really big mistake. I'm telling you, you're going to regret this. You are on a path to grow, but you're making a mistake. If you leave, it's not going to work out for you. This isn't the future. Instagram, what are you going to do on it? Mm -hmm. I don't think it's right for you. You're mm -hmm. too smart to be doing those things. You're too smart to be doing those things. When he said that, I was like, ding, 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 hello, daddy issues. This is why I was drawn to this partner. Yes. Being my mentor. I don't need, like that moment I said, let me prove you wrong. Okay. And then I proved them wrong. In that year when I quit, I made double my salary as an accountant. And the following year, I made as much as a partner in my accountant. Oh my gosh. So far, I haven't looked back. I mean, you've been doing great. It's eight years, over 5 million followers. It has, but you're, I gotta ask, is it still just you behind the account or do you have other yes. people who does it? It's still just you. Yes, I have OCD and control issues. No, I think you're smart as fuck with this. Your memes, I mean, the thing about memes and the water, the reason we share them is because it like, it connects with a weird dark humor that we have or a topical thing that we share uh, connecting with another person that we didn't realize and it makes us laugh, right? It takes things out of context and puts them in context for ourselves and we have a chuckle. Memes are core cores of relationships now. Like I see memes all around where it's like friends that don't actually talk but they just send memes to each other just that's how you know they love you and they understand you. It's so much more than that. It takes whenever I see a funny meme, I'm always like, man, I wish I was that quick-witted. Was that always, like, have you found you've refined it over time? Or do you ever stress that you, I don't know, like, I know for me, sometimes I'll go through, like, writer's ruts and things like that, or, like, creative ruts. But with a meme account, you're, like, on. You're constantly producing. Has that just naturally flowed for you? Or has it been, have you had times where, like, damn, I don't know if I'm funny anymore? Well, I use a mathematical equation in my brain, so that's not how, why I post things. I don't really post things for myself. So some things that I find funny, I may not post it. It's more I calculate in my brain based on the current algorithm and based on my following, what I will calculate. That's <laughs> so great. <laughs> what I will calculate. Meme account. The engagement <laughs> should be on my account, and yeah. that's also how I will know if there's bugs. Bugs as in there's a glitch. Yeah. Because sometimes I know if something's supposed to do well because I oh, yeah. decided. So then I'm, I don't think it's me. I'm not like, oh, it's because yeah. I'm not funny. Yeah. I'm more like I contact Instagram. I'm like, you guys have a bug. There's a glitch. Something's going on. And I am 10 out of 10 correct. Yeah. With bugs. I think you I used to, to know speak your at people Instagram. too. You no, to I used it? to speak at Instagram about they would have their people from San Francisco, their techs, the tech and the engineers they would fly in and they would come and speak about everything that's wrong with the app because I would catch it before they did. 
Oh my gosh. My obsession. <laughs> I love it though. I mean, I love that. It's also so fascinating to me. I, I read something once that said any sort of career that women um, champion or pioneer will always be minimized by society. And I find that so much when it comes to like Instagram, people are like, oh, you make money on Instagram. But I mean, you, I'm looking out your window right now and like, I want to be emotional for you. I, how are you comprehending coming where you've come from to where you are now? Do you find, my question is two tiered. One, has it really hit you? And two, do you ever, I feel this sometimes with like certain things like that other shoe is going to drop sort of feeling or that this is fleeting or do you have just like that bold confidence because you're so aware? I think I don't think about it at all. Interesting. It's more, I just know that I will always figure it out. Mm. That's kind of what helps me with failure. I'm not afraid of failure and I'm also not afraid of death. And I think those two things are for some reason the two biggest fears that people have. Obviously, it's different when you have children. Like me, thinking I was going to be murdered on the way. That's different. When you have children, you are yeah, not only responsible for yourself. You are now responsible for mm -hmm. little humans who, you know. And Kate has something to say about that. <laughs> <laughs> like I know, but you're responsible for little humans who don't have no idea how to feed themselves and they yeah. run into a wall. Yeah, so true. Like little dummies. <laughs> so true. it's it's different, but. I th you know, something you said a second ago, how society wants to minimize women's accomplishments, blah, blah, blah. That's just one perspective. My account, all that, whoever wants to minimize, it doesn't matter mm -hmm. what someone else in Arkansas thinks. Because to me, daddy issues was, it's not just a meme account. It changed, not only, it changed my whole life. It was the first time I felt like I could fit in. Eventually, Violet Benson was a my alter ego. Yeah, you. I became her. She was me, and now years later, she's my alter ego again because I've outgrown her. Because mm. I don't care anymore to be what I think a cool girl is, and I don't care anymore to fit in. I went mm. back to being my childhood self, where it's okay for me to be a loner. I like being a loner. I like doing my puzzles. I know. I came in, and you have. <laughs> you're like the. I, I had the perspective. I think that you have online and I walk in your house and you're like, and these are my puzzles and I make puzzles and I glue the backs of them. And I was like, oh my God, like you're so endearing. But I also love that you have figured out the parts of you that you've outgrown, but you're still allowing them to be who they are too. Like there's something about you've almost yeah. compartmentalized who Violet Benson is and allow her to still thrive while allowing you to still honor yourself. Like that's a, it seems like a healthy attachment detachment from that like gray line of social media to reality. I definitely have worked really hard to not get gratification and validation through what people think about me or through likes and comments. That's, That's why I make like. it very <laughs> mathematical, but smart. I am a cool girl yeah. because I don't care. Mm. There is no definition for a cool girl. A cool girl is whatever you think it is. I don't care what other people think. Mm. I'm constantly trying to be better for myself. Yeah. Someone out there can look at me and think I've accomplished so much. Well, someone else can look at me and think I didn't accomplish enough because I'm not married in mm -hmm. my 30s because mm -hmm. I've neglected that part because yeah. I didn't want that. So, you know, I can't. Once you realize that you can't make everyone happy, not to mention no one knows all the struggles that you went through. Of course, people are going to minimize the shit that you went through because they went through their own hardships. So yeah. they're thinking, well, you don't know what I went through. Cool. Mm -hmm. <laughs> So I don't expect 
other people to understand no one knows what I went through. Only I do. So it's up to me to wake up every day and to take these moments really quick and to be like, wait, I am so thankful and lucky to be here. And I do have those moments that I feel like that. I feel that today, obviously, as I'm speaking and, you know, we're looking at my view. It is nice. I, I grew up in the U.S. where my parents were never able to buy a home in the U.S. I always, I sat always, again, dreaming and escaping where I just imagine living in a house in the hills with big open windows, far away from everything, all the noise. And, um, yeah, and eventually, and I said when I turned 30, I'm going to buy this house. I don't know how, but it's going to be mine. And then years later, when I turned 30, I accidentally went and bought this house. Just accidental. Well, Just. I I didn't realize, I forgot that I used to dream about this house. Oh, I understand what you're saying. So when I was 14, 15, living in a small mm-hmm. apartment, sharing it with my sister, mm-hmm. never having any of my friends drop me off where I live, I would always be like, oh, drop me off at Ralph's, I actually want to pick up water. Even my boyfriends, because I was too ashamed. Mm-hmm. As a kid, you're so silly, you know? You, you, it's embarrassing to think of those moments, but you, you get embarrassed, oh, I don't want my friends to know, I don't have what they have. When in reality, your parents are doing their best yeah you know so in my brain i was always imagining that i was rich that i am rich that's why i hang out with my rich friends and i would just pretend to be like them my whole family used to laugh at me they would say you let it you're the richest girl in our family because the way i just acted like i'm rich Mm -hmm. and eventually i became that Mm -hmm. without realizing so yeah when i turned 30 i bought this house just like i imagined in the hills with big open windows and a beautiful view and the first six months in this house, what was I doing? You think I was happy? No, I was crying. I was like, why did I make this mistake? It's the most expensive <laughs> mistake I've ever made in my life. <laughs> I didn't know what I was getting into. I can't believe I'm doing this all on my own. I always yeah, dreamed yeah. to do this with a partner. Yeah. I can't afford this. I don't know what Scary. I'm doing. I was crying. And I remember I lost 10 pounds just, just from the from stress. stress. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Being in this home. And I was like, this was a mistake. I can't afford this home because it was, I, I ended up getting some baby mortgage. I, basically, if you put 15% down on your house instead of 20%, at least in California, you get on this baby plan where you have to pay all this extra money that will go towards your property tax and all these other things every month. Okay. Because it's it basically, the bank doesn't trust you. Oh, gotcha. Okay. So I was paying over $10,000 a month for this house. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that's like, that's fear and pressure compartmentalized. And I went, and before that, I, I've never really cared about big things like that. So mm-hmm. I had, I lived in my small apartment that I still lived at when I was an accountant. It was 750 square feet. I paid a thousand something, I don't recall, mm-hmm. but I was there for years. Mm-hmm. I bought this house two years ago. Mm-hmm. So that means even though whatever I was making, mm-hmm. I still live in that apartment, but all my friends kept being like, why are you still here? Like, it's yeah. way too small for you. Why yeah. don't you move? And I was like, you're right. And then I bought this house and I was like, I don't, what are they doing? <laughs> anyway, sitting on the balcony crying. And then I don't know, I don't know where I just had this epiphany. I stopped crying. I looked around. I was like, wait, wait, I've seen this house before. Yeah. I know this house. And I'm like, oh my God, I used to dream of this house. Like I dreamt mm-hmm. being here. Yeah. And here I am crying, and I was like, wait, no. I worked my ass off to be here. Yeah. I've wanted to be here the last 15 years. I deserve to be here. I will figure out a way. 
to get the money. And that week, I did what I've always done when I need money. I create, I would create these, because sometimes you hit a place in your life and you think, oh, I'm too good for this thing. I'm too good for that. No, I'm, when you're an immigrant and when you grow up poor, whatever it is you are in your life, you will never stop hustling. It's mm -hmm. in your blood. Mm -hmm. So I did what I've done in the past. I created marketing plans of why you should hire me and all my insights, all the things, my best posts, what I've done in the past and the clients, how they can succeed. I reached out to all the people I've previously worked with. Hey, are you currently looking to do any type of work? I, it's called calling. I reached out to all of them. Uh, usually between 90% to 95% will not answer or will be decline. You yeah. just need that 1% or that 5%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I got one brand deal and that brand deal was for a year. Yep. in that one week because I, I had $3,000 in my bank account so this is like the real the fear <laughs> this was like holy fucking shit I'm about to be on the street yeah 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 and this is I never said this out loud I think I did I didn't want to admit I'll, this is why I was losing weight because I'm like mm -hmm. what am I about to do yeah I have $3,000 left in my bank account and I owe my sister money and I literally rather owe money to the IRS and owe money to my sister because mm. she reminded me every day oh yeah. you bought lunch today but you can't pay me back <laughs> <laughs> so the thought of that I was like oh my god oh my god and I got a brand deal a huge brand deal that yeah. week yeah somehow somehow you worked you're right that's how I'm like somehow I worked <laughs> I cold call that one person that yeah. one that's all I needed yeah. They gave me, I gave most of it to my sister mm -hmm. so I can pay her back. And then the rest, I said, okay, this will be enough for me to live off for a couple of months mm -hmm. while I figure out how to get new jobs. Cause I, I deserve to be here. So I will figure it out. And that's what it is. Yeah. It's always the fear of failure is when you think rock bottom is rock bottom. When you hit rock bottom, it means you're finally standing on something. So you can only go back up. Yeah. So once you realize I can't afford this house, I can't afford, wait. Oh, I can always sell this house. I can rent this house out. I can live with my sister for a while. I can go back to my small apartment. Okay. Okay. Oh. Yeah. I have options. Okay. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. It's never the end. I'm so proud to say that today's episode is brought to you by Pretty Litter and not just because they're a sponsor, but because we've actually been a customer and user of Pretty Litter for almost a year now. My husband loves to do deep dives on what's the best of the best and came across Pretty Litter and started using it. Immediately, there was a noticeable difference in our home. So our cats actually use a litter box in the second floor of our home, meaning when you walk in the front door, you should not be smelling something on the second floor, but you were. It was that strong, wafting down two flights of staircases to our front door. Not exactly a welcoming scent. We switched to Pretty Litter, and I can truly say we've never struggled with that problem again. Pretty Litter has ultra-absorbent crystals that trap odor instantly. No more cat bathroom smell. It has a super light crystal base that minimizes mess and dust, plus the crystals last up to a month, which means less scooping and fewer trips to the garbage can. For us, that used to be about two times a week cleaning the litter box, and now it's down to about two times a month with two cats. But here's the coolest thing about Pretty Litter. 
It changes colors to help detect early signs of potential illness in your cats, including urinary tract infection and kidney issues. We have one cat that gets repeated UTIs, and it's been honestly such an amazing peace of mind to be able to monitor that and make sure that she is staying healthy. And a really, truly added bonus, Pretty Litter ships free to your door in a small, lightweight bag. We never run out of it, and we don't have a huge container of litter taking up space and stinking up the place. Pretty Litter helps keep our cats healthy and odors down. You and your cat are going to love Pretty Litter as much as we do. Go to prettylitter.com papaya to save 20% off your first order. That's prettylitter.com papaya to save 20%. One more time, please save this, prettylitter.com slash papaya. Let's get back to the show. I know, I know, I know. I've been talking about prunes a lot lately, but California prunes are truly game-changing for me. I've been absolutely blown away by this superfood that's existed forever, and I haven't, and I haven't been eating them. California prunes are extremely versatile. They can be eaten as a snack or you can use them as an ingredient in sweet or savory dishes. I've done both. But to be honest, I just like eating them on their own. They're so good. They're a superior dried fruit for taste, quality, and texture. But they're truly an under-the-radar superfood because they are richly packed with antioxidants, vitamins, and minerals to support heart and bone health as well as containing fiber to maintain good gut health. For me, I struggle with good gut health. Many of you know this. And having prunes regularly as a snack, it's sweet, it's delicious, it's amazing, and it's really doing a lot inside my body as well. California prunes are good for lowering your cholesterol as well and regulating your blood sugar levels. Prunes from California are moist, chewy, sticky, and delicious with a sweet, earthy taste. Look for prunes that say product of USA or product of California to find premium quality prunes. For more information, recipes, and nutritional facts, you can go to www.californiaprunes.ca. Trust me, I just, prunes, who would have thought, right? California prunes, they are just such a good snack. I'm obsessed with them. And added little tip, throw them in your smoothies. They're unbelievable. Okay, let's get back to the show. It's never, oh my gosh, that's, I mean, it's such powerful perspective, but it also just goes to show, I think for anybody listening, it would maybe seem like such a fun, easy, lighthearted job to have. And I think what you just shared is just like a peel back layer into how much you hustled for what you have grown. But not only that, you really, you did reveal who you are. And more than that, you've continued to reveal who you are with Almost Adulting, your podcast. It is like the top women's mental is health still podcast. Right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> the top women's mental health podcast. Period. What, how do you come from a hilarious joking meme page about stuff into having these like big conversations about mental health and dating and really like not just revealing yourself by revealing what you look like, who you are, but your thoughts, your feelings, your life experience into such a truly like podcasts are 
I don't even like listening to my voice on a voicemail. It always like stresses me out that you like your words are like completely captivated into somebody else's recording. And then you're doing like hour long sessions of that. Oh, so really big, powerful stuff. How was that transition for you? And has that, how has that sort of been, did you expect that to become so successful as well? As you are so calculated. I now I'm like, I don't know if anything is a surprise for you. I feel like I'm constantly surprised. I'm always surprised. Are you? Because I feel like you're like, I've cracked the codes. I know the algorithms. I, I know cracked the code years ago. I don't know the code to Instagram anymore. I don't yeah. understand Instagram. That's I, if, no if, I, if I would have known social media well, I would be huge on TikTok. I still don't get TikTok. Mm. I feel like a grandma when I come to TikTok. <laughs> I'm like, what, how do I make things the go viral? The weirdest things go viral I'm like, what hashtag do the I use? Weirdest. I, I don't even know. I don't know. Charlie. Hey, Charlie D'Amelio. What hashtag do I use to go viral on TikTok? Please help me. I'm like, I'm a sub. <laughs> like, I don't know what goes viral on TikTok. I don't understand that stuff. Um, I think I've noticed as long as I've stayed authentic to myself and true to myself, those are the things I've succeeded in. People don't get mixed up. Instagram, social media in general, is a highlight, a highlight reel of success, mm-hmm. of the best parts. People don't get to see all the times you fail and all the times you're crying. I fail. Don't take pictures of that. Doesn't matter. I fail all the time. That's why I'm able to succeed because I'm able to stand up. It's what separates a successful. And yeah, I'm gonna sit here and say that I'm successful because, by the way, I deserve to be here. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, earned yeah. this. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I think we happen to whatever the poppy seed thing they oh, mentioned before. We were talking about poppy syndrome. I don't give a fuck who does not believe that I deserve to be here because I fought my way to be here. So yeah. I know I deserve it. Period. Yeah. I worked hard for it. No one else is going to know the little battles that you have to go through every single day. And that's why I think it's so important to, to celebrate every single little success from little to big. It's a big deal. So I fail all the time. I'm getting more into stand-up this year. And two weeks ago, I, my stand-up routine flopped. It was the first time I got to experience bombing. Mm. And guess what? I cried about it. And then I got over it. Yeah. And I figured out, I got to, my mom made fun of me and we started laughing about it. Because <laughs> I realized everything I did wrong. And my agent was so happy I got to bomb. Because yeah. I got to experience it. Yeah. Because failure quote-unquote failure mm-hmm. it's a perspective it helps you learn and that's what separates successful people from people who just sit and judge everyone else mm-hmm. is that little part where what do you do after you fail mm-hmm. are you going to get back up again or are you just going to give up i don't know i can't ride a bike yet but me neither actually <laughs> oh my god so. no but i i saw somebody do this thing once where it was like you don't get good at something or you get good at something by being really bad at it first so i love that you're like I thought I was going to be awesome. I bombed. And now I get to learn how to be awesome. I hate being bad at stuff. Oh, nobody likes being bad at anything. I hate being ordinary. Especially when you're no- known for being, like, the funny girl. I can... That doesn't a matter. It's, it's... Do you know how hard it is to be a perfectionist while coming to the realization that you're actually just average at everything? I am <laughs> average at everything. I'm not successful because I'm better at anything than someone else. I work harder. Okay, that's where I was like, I don't think you're average. You literally created a persona and grew an entire page and had a celebrity posing as you. That's the most well, incredible story. It's amazing. So many celebrities follow that issue. It's so cool. Yeah, it's, it's huge. 
it's back to being my alter ego, but it mm. all came from being authentic. When I created Daddy Issues and I saw how much joy brings people, for me, it kind of said like, okay, I have a purpose. And my purpose is to make people happy and to make people laugh. That's my current purpose. Then when I started to outgrow Daddy Issues, and I started to learn more about myself, I changed my whole family's dynamic. Because mm -hmm. my dad and I, we weren't hugging yet and we're saying I love you. But when daddy issues, the followers, taught me who I am and helped me find myself and helped me love myself again by making me realize that we're all so similar. Mm -hmm. It's kind of when I, it's that moment, it's that light bulb that goes, you know what, I love myself. Mm. And it doesn't matter if someone else loves me or not. That should not be my validation. It was it was kind of like when you finally fit in is when you realize, I don't even give a fuck anymore about fitting in. <laughs> and that's where it went from. When the followers, in a weird way, helped me with my relationship with my dad. Because there was this moment, light bulb, where my dad could die tomorrow. My dad could be gone tomorrow. Yeah. And, like, I love him. And I want him to know that. And I don't care anymore if my dad rejects me. And it's such a weird thing to say, but anyone that has any type of issue with either parent, it's weird to admit that you're, 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 you feel like you could be rejected by a parent mm -hmm. because parents are not supposed to reject you. Right. Well, parents, guess what? Parents don't get handbooks on how to be parents. They do. I mean, I guess in a way, they kind of, there are I mean, they have now. books. I'm sure they do. I haven't read any of them. Yeah, but no one, when you become an adult and you realize, oh, wait, my parents were this age when they were raising me, and I have no idea what I'm doing. I know. I kind of realized they don't. They were doing their best. Yes. With what they had at the time. Yeah. My dad did. My dad showed me love the way he didn't get. Mm -hmm. And now I get to show love to my future children the way I didn't get, which is with words of affirmation, with touch. Mm -hmm. So it was that epiphany where I realized I don't care anymore if my dad rejects mm -hmm. me. I want him to know. I that. want. I want him to know that I love him. So it's kind of it was the same thing with Instagram where. It wasn't about becoming famous. Mm -hmm. It was, in a weird way, just finding myself. And mm -hmm. then I helped other people find themselves while I was on the journey of finding me. Mm -hmm. So it was the same thing here where I just wanted to tell you know, to, to tell my dad I loved him. And that's what I started doing. So it was more, um, we used to do it on a card where we would write, I love you, on a, during a birthday. Okay. So just once a year yeah. in writing. And then... Sometimes, and then when we're starting to get a little closer, it would be in a voicemail, and, mm -hmm. and, but we wouldn't pick up. Yeah. So it would just to leave the voicemail because it was too awkward to actually hear yeah. it. Because yeah. if you don't know what love is, you don't grow up with it, it's not, it's a very uncomfortable feeling to hear from someone else. It feels, it's uncomfortable. Yeah. You're not used to it. So the way I started doing it is if I had started having more calls with my dad, and then I would say, wait, dad. Yeah, stop. Meaning what in the Russian? I say, uh, love you. And it's silence. Click. And then after a while, I'm like, hey, dad, love you. Silence. Me too, Violetta. Click. I'm like, okay. okay. <laughs> then eventually, hey, dad, love you. I love you too, Violetta. And it's like, holy shit. And then I remember I wrote this like poem for my dad. And my dad called me to tell me how beautiful it was. Of course, I was uncomfortable, so yeah. it went to voicemail. <laughs> and it was just him in tears and Aww. just loving it. It was like, I still get so touched by it. It was really nice. It's so, it's, it's, I've had these conversations. Again, I'm so sorry. I hate that I'm apologizing for my feelings, but 
or I'm trying to justify them, but I am on my period, so I'm very emotional. Stop it. it. You're allowed to feel it. <laughs> but it's so cute when I talk to other people that are foreign, or foreign parents, whether it's mommy issues or daddy issues, it's crazy how, like, I get, ex still, I still, it's only been four or five years with a better relationship with my dad, what I consider better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we don't, we talk maybe once a week, maybe once. So, but for me, it's considered close. Yes. But I still get excited. When my dad says I love you to me, and even in a text, I'll be like, oh, holy shit. <laughs> my dad said I love you. And it's still this moment of like, oh, wow, my 10-year-old self really needed to see, yeah. that, like, if she would know, yeah. then my dad would be like, like, I'm so proud of you. <laughs> I don't know, I'm crying. You also, oh, like, yeah. you you led that like you really led that relationship that way too and i and i find it so incredible that you created this persona in order to fit in only to find yourself fitting in with people that related to your true self i know and that's so, so sweet. beautiful i know i just i feel really appreciative right now i think that's i'm, I'm crying it's so sweet <laughs> you also i mean you clearly have rubbed elbows with the rich and the famous of LA and the world. And that has been, how has that experience for you coming from somebody who always admired and looked up to these really- I've never admired celebrities. Really? That's why I'm friends with all of them. So then that's just easy for you? Yeah, I've never cared. I've never, that's never been my mindset. It's, I always I, thought because you created this persona of this like rich and famous girl, this it girl, that stemmed from wanting to be a part of that. I just wanted to be rich. Because mm -hmm. I thought if I'm rich, then I wouldn't have any problems. Right. If I'm rich, kind of when we talked about as a child, I wanted to be an assassin. Because mm -hmm. I thought if people feared me, then they would love me. So it's kind of the same thing. Well, if I was rich, then I would have no problems in the world. Yeah. And I thought, what if I fix my teeth finally? Because I only did when I came out as daddy issues. Mm -hmm. So again, I've only felt quote unquote beautiful the last four years, four or five wow. years. It's also one of the reasons I never focused on my looks. Because even with daddy issues, when I revealed myself, I went into my podcast. That's my voice, my thoughts. Yeah. Again, it's not about my looks. Because I know when it's happened, when I got the money, it still felt empty or still felt lonely. Oh, yeah, I have to work in, from within. When I finally fixed my teeth, and I always thought, when I fix my teeth, and because I have birth defect, I was born with no enamel on my teeth. So I've had many years since I was four or five because mm -hmm. I got bullied for that. And I thought when I, and now it's crazy because everyone has veneers, so it's almost people it's just think it just means I'm rich or something, when in reality it's always been a medical issue. But I, like when I fix my teeth, then I would like what I see in the mirror. Mm -hmm. Then I would love myself. Then I would be beautiful. And I fixed my teeth, and the first day I looked in the mirror, I was just like, oh, I'm beautiful. When I, I can finally smile, and I'm beautiful, and I wanted to cry. And that lasted for two, three months. And then suddenly I'm like, well, if my nose was smaller, well, the target moved. Exactly. If my nose was smaller, oh, I don't have a chin. Oh, if I was thinner, mm. then I would be loved. Then mm. people, and it's like, why wasn't enough? For 26 years, I waited to have the perfect smile. So that's when you kind of realize to work within. As for celebrities, I never looked at, I got to be around rich kids growing up and they took their life for granted. I mean, a lot of the kids that I grew up with did drugs all the time. I, I didn't have the luxury to do drugs because I knew my parents can't afford rehab. And I would just, the thought of, you know, 
they worked so they lost everything just to bring me and my sister to America and I would disrespect them mm. by by becoming a drug addict. Mm. They deserve, like they would be so disappointed. The thought of disappointing I'd be like my parents would be so disappointed with me if I died. Yeah. I can't handle that. <laughs> That's how I would think. <laughs> so I just posthumous me cannot. Yeah, it was just about I guess just being so when it came to celebrities, and the reason I'm able to be friends with all of them is because I don't treat them any differently. Because mm. we're all the same. Like they, we're all people. We're all the same people. It makes no difference. And I think it's part of also the delusional world that I, mm. the way I am. I'm so lucky. I'm delusional. So it's more when people grew up having uh, celebrity crushes. If I have a crush on someone, I'm going to try to date them. Mm. I've never, why would I think someone's better than me in any type of way? Why? Because I have more followers or because they do a different profession for a living that makes them, no, so what? They should be so fucking lucky to even be in my presence. <laughs> You're joking. <laughs> so that's kind of how I just always go about things. I know, I was dying it. You have like this one couch and I want to pull it up because I was literally howling. I was showing my um, friend your account today when I was like getting ready to go and I was just howling because you're in this bikini you're like look am i the perfect woman yes but do i still have my flaws no but does that mean everyone should be fatally in love with me yes respectfully and i was like you are like but that's it's just so great like you have so much depth to you and yet you just have so much I have a friend who, like, years ago was this, not a friend, just literally somebody I follow on social media, and she was like, I had delusional confidence that I was, like, gonna do this thing, and then I went and did it, and I'm not saying that's what you've done, but you do have this, like, no, like, I I have worth, I am doing this, I've worked hard to be here, people are people, you're, you have a very good, vast understanding of humanity, and I think that it's kind of made you both hilarious and compassionate and puts you between these two spectrums of you were sitting in this room and you have two neon signs and one is daddy issues and one is almost adulting. And they're like the two, like your humor and your, your um, heart are in like this space and you've somehow put them all together and made a business out of it, which is so incredible. I know. I'm honestly so lucky that I get to do what I love in moments when I lose that passion or moments when I start caring about the likes and the followings and all that is kind of when I realize that I'm losing myself. As long as I do what I'm passionate and and my passion is to help people, Mm -hmm. whether it's through laughter or through their emotions. Mm -hmm. And again, when I created, when I created almost adulting, it was because I was in the point in my life where I wanted to better understand feelings and emotions because I had a really hard time sometimes understanding people. People mm-hmm. were so hard for me to understand because A, I don't grow up with love. So it's hard. I, I have a boyfriend and I remember there were so many moments I remember I wanted to hug him or hold him and I have no idea how to do that. Oh. So I would just be staring at him, just wishing I could just touch him because I couldn't even hug my dad. Someone was like, you don't hug your dad. And I was like, what if I try to hug him? And he's like, ew, don't touch me. Because I don't know, when you yeah. don't grow up with certain things, if you don't grow up with certain love, how are you going to know what love is? Yeah, if it's not offered to you, how do you know how to offer it? So I had to teach myself. It was a moment of learning. I can, my parents did their best they can. So I, it's up to me to break generational trauma. I don't believe in the whole thing of, well, that's not fair. Why, why should it be me? Blah, blah, blah. You know how you said your therapist looks at you as a sponge? Yeah, she told me I was a sponge. I've been told the same thing, but in a way that I'm a sponge, where I take on for whatever reason, I've taken on other people's pain. Mm. So 
the way I feel that I've learned to cope with that is that I think pain, sadness, all those emotions are actually the most beautiful thing we can ever experience. I think it's so beautiful to be able to feel so deeply and it's so moving and the most beautiful things, the most beautiful art is created through that. Mm -hmm. Whether, you know, you can look at dad issues as just a meme account, just that, doesn't matter. I created something that helped me change my relationship with my dad. My whole family, we hug now, we kiss, we say I love you. My dad looks at me with endearment. Mm -hmm. It's insane to me. I've only had five years of that, but it's so cool. Yeah. And almost adulting is because I wanted to dive in to better understand humans and to and I wanted it was a way where I needed to learn. I need to unlearn everything I learned as a child and I needed to relearn it. So I said, why not do it all together? Mm. And that's where my compassion comes from and my need to understand people because I don't know, I think people are way more complicated than they give others credit to. And I think I don't know. I just I love emotions. <laughs> Yeah, and I have watched you be so uncomfortable with emotions while loving them all at the same time. I think you're one of the most fascinating people I've ever met. I say that honestly, since the second I walked into your house, I was just like, you are, you're really special. You have so much to offer and I can see you sort of like pushing yourself through uncomfortable feelings and also owning everything that you've worked for. I think it's awesome. I'm sure everybody already knows where to find you, but just not in case they don't. And maybe throw a, a bone to Pancakes. Where can everyone follow you all? Well, people can follow Pancakes on Pancakes Benson on Instagram. <laughs> um, she's really famous. I she mean, is famous. Even Bella Hadid posted her picture before, and I was like, oh what are you doing? God. That's my cat. <laughs> I didn't love it. <laughs> I was like, that's not, excuse me. <laughs> Please ask consent for my cat. Literally, that's literally what I said. I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, I guess that's where my delusional that's where it's <laughs> just don't really think twice. Um you can find me on daddy issues underscore on Instagram if you're into laughing. If you want to get to learn about yourself or also laugh as well, you can follow me on almost adulting on Instagram and also the podcast streams every Tuesday and Thursday on Spotify, iTunes and everywhere. And then my personal Instagram, Viola Benson. If you have any questions, you want to DM me, I'm around. And my social security number is. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Thank you so much. This has been really fun. And you even love to be closed for this. And this is I, awesome. I told you you can keep it. No, I'm not keeping your sweater. But I love that you just were like, come into my closet and take some clothes. I was like, all right. <laughs> I was going to say no to that. So thank you so much. And for everyone listening, I'll have everything in the show notes for you as well. And we'll see you next week. Thank you so much for having me. Bye, guys. Thank you so much for listening all the way through this episode. If you've made it this far, I have one more little thing to share with you. Did you know that I actually have a photo and video editing app? So many people were surprised to hear that I have one, but it's actually been around for a little while and you can join over 200,000 of the Papaya community by downloading my free app, Pink Papaya on iOS. While so many apps focus on changing your appearance, Pink Papaya is all about celebrating yourself for exactly who you are and expressing your creativity and your storytelling with nearly 50 free filters and tools. 
Find us on social and share your edits as well. We might just share them too. So tag me as well at Pink Papaya App. Just had to share that with you, especially as the springtime's coming. We've got some really cool things happening in there and so much more coming. Check it out at Pink Papaya App. Thanks so much for listening and have a great day. Well, friends, thank you so much for tuning in and listening to today's episode. For more information on this episode, check out the show notes or find us on Instagram at The Papaya Podcast. And if you loved what you just listened to or know somebody who would, please share it. Simply screenshot today's episode in the podcast app and share it to your Instagram stories. And don't forget to tag us. Last but not least, if you'd like to lend your personal support to the podcast, take a moment and leave a review on iTunes. We would be oh so grateful. Tune in next week for a fresh new episode of the Papaya Podcast, and we'll see you then. Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.